nostalgia, memories, growing up in Central Florida in the 1990s. What a bunch of sappy crap. It's the Sappy Crap Podcast. Starring Steve Bauman and Jarman Day. Hello and welcome to the Sappy Crap Podcast where the names are changed but the stories are real. I'm Jarman. And I'm Steve. That's right. The stories are real, or at least how our brains has kept them all this time. At this point, they're just tall tales and legends. That's right. And we're here to tell stories that only two longtime best friends can. So take a tough and tumble rumble down memory lane with us. As this week, we discuss something we've all experienced in life, school, work, and otherwise. And that's bullies. That's right. And I will say there's a, I put a slight content warning out there. It's something good to do these days for some terms I may be using. I'm not sure if Steve will, that may just uh-huh. you know, trigger some people, the things that I was called and things that people said. I think it's worth putting out there the actual words themselves so that they're not, we're not afraid of them. We just kind of use them. So just, you know, putting that out there, but it shouldn't be anything too bad. Don't worry about it yeah. too much. So, uh, Steve, how do you want to jump off this conversation? Cause I was thinking about kind of the first time I can remember being bullied because it was like a new concept and blew my mind. Yeah, hit it. Start with that. Yeah, I mean, it was weird. I My mom would dress me as I went to school as like probably in third, fourth grade when this was, maybe even second grade. And yeah, it was before I even went to the same school you did. And this kid uh, says, look at this prep over here. He's so preppy. Look at him. So I'd, I'd wear like, I tuck my shirt in with like a polo shirt and like had like khaki shorts on. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. What is preppy? I don't understand. I'm just wearing clothes. That my mom gave me like, what, what do you say? Did your shirt have a collar? <laughs> yes. It had a collar. You mentioned that it was tucked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you preppy bitch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's all it takes. That is all it takes when you're that age is like one defining factor that kids go, wait, that kid's stuck in his shirt. Let's fucking get him. He looks different than us. <laughs> so, <laughs> all it takes. And I was like, so after that point, I was like, oh, man, I wish I was in a private school. Where everyone had to dress the same, but then they'd probably find something else to do. But. And mm-hmm. I, so I just started, I, from that point on for a while there, tried to find, well, what's, what am I supposed to be wearing? So I looked around and during that time, I guess it was the 90, late nineties, kids were wearing a lot of surfer clothes and, and skater clothes. So I, I bought a whole thing of clothes for the next school year and they were all like surfer skater clothes. And they were like, look at this poser over here, freaking poser. And I'm like, what's a poser? And I find out that they're like, oh, I don't actually skate or surf. I shouldn't be wearing these clothes. And I'm like, how do I disappear? How do I not get noticed? <laughs> Can I just wear clear? Is that, a thing? Is that a thing? Can I wear something you won't look at or talk about? I don't understand. So that started off a trend in most of my life after that. Black shirt, jeans. You just can't go wrong with a black shirt and jeans. It's been timeless for the last like 60 years. You can get away with it in any, any you know, like genre of adventure at. It's just black shirt and jeans. It's fine. And it worked pretty well after that. Clothes weren't an issue, but other things will happen later on. <laughs> that's fair that's fair there's always something else oh yeah we'll get into that <laughs> but what about you steve any early earlier memories of being bullied i mean i was always the bigger kid so it was just always a factor like i don't remember a time where it wasn't a factor gotcha so it's hard for me to pick out that like one time that defining moment when kids started being mean and just not being kids yeah well i mean no but like just being mean pieces of crap you know yeah when you're the big tubby kid and not also not only that until I was 10, I was the tallest kid in any class I was in. Oh, yeah, for sure. So it's easy to pick out. You're, you're the easiest to hit with a rock. You, <laughs> you, know? can't, you can't be invisible. 
yeah, you just can't be invisible. Um, and I was lucky in that my size protected me from a lot of the physical bullying. Mm-hmm. Because when you're as big as I am, people use words because they don't want to come at you. And they aren't thinking you're actually going to fight them. No, no, no. They don't think you're actually going to fight them. Most of them don't think they're actually going to fight them. Um, so, yeah. So they came at me with words because I was just always. I would have cracked them like eggs. Yeah, exactly. If it came down to <laughs> it's it. The reality, I would have cracked them. Um, <laughs> so this is going to be a little bit amusing, but. Uh, I, I have like three kind of pivotal stories about bullying and they're, they all involve the same kid and okay. I'm going to bet he's in at least one of your stories. And I almost don't care about changing their names because, you know, but you know, it's up to you. I don't even know the, if the name I have in my head is right for him. So I don't think it matters. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so I'm just going to call him Mike, this, this, this kid. Fair enough. And Mike lived in your neighborhood ish. And Mike was a smaller kid mm-hmm. with a big attitude and bigger friends. Mm. And I remember he was real brave when he was with those friends. Um, and my first run in with him would have been your birthday, sixth or seventh grade. Gotcha. We did, and this is more so you than me. We did a sleepover at your place. And the next morning we went like out on the street and threw a ball around or something. Yep. I can't remember what it was. We're out on the street. I just told the story the other day <laughs> and he came out and I don't even remember what happened, but I just remember him coming out and just picking a fight. Mm-hmm. There were like six or seven of us and he came out and picked a fight. Um, and I remember we were all kind of done with him walking away and then you approached and then you tried to hit him and you clipped him, but you clipped him on the side of the head and you hurt your, you hurt your pinky. Mm-hmm. I remember you really clipped him weird and you, you hurt your hand pretty good. Um, and every, but it just, I just remember him coming out and just being so blatantly mean for no reason not being able to figure out like what, like what's his goal here. There's eight of us. (laughs) What's his plan. And there was a few of us and like a couple of you guys are bigger guys. And he was, they were just hurling out the fat jokes. And, and what I remember from that is. I finally went over to him and I went to hit him in the head and I, and it missed and I hit my pinky knuckle on the side of his head skimmed. And so what I remember from that is, as we said in the beginning of these shows, this is how I remember it, not necessarily how it happened, but then I, I stood my ground and then they, they biked away because there's three of them hurling more insults, but then they left after I hit him. And then I think I started crying at least, I mean, not visibly, but I was definitely crying. And when you were hurt, and I put ice hurt. on my hand because it hurt so much. But I tried my hardest not to show him that it hurt that much after I hit him because I was like, I'm gonna stand my ground. And then it was like, oh, my hand it hurts so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just remember just not getting it. I was like, what are you getting out of this situation? I understand getting bullied at school, but like we're in a street right now. Yeah, and it, they came over to do that with the sole purpose of it's like making a Sunday morning. What are you doing? And I learned <laughs> later on this doesn't excuse it, but it, it's just so stereotypical. I have to mention here that his family, um, his older brother who's my sister's grade, and they were always getting in trouble and the drug stuff and that kind of thing. And apparently, his parents are real screwed up, and like they're just so it makes sense broken home you know it leads to broken kids a lot of the times and you know just that that's what happened so but yeah that not a good kid and yeah i get that feeling it's like why what is the motivation here <laughs> yeah. um so yeah and then my second memory with this kid was probably in the seventh grade 
Mm. And uh, I was in a bunch of honors classes with this girl who was more popular on the more popular side uh, named Emily. And her and I had very similar last names. And so we had, not only do we have a lot of classes together, but we sat next to each other because teachers were lazy and just alphabetized. Yeah. (laughs) And so because of that, we kind of ended up becoming friends. And she ended up dating this Mike kid. Oh, no. He was in eighth grade. We were in seventh. Bad and choice. I remember it was during a time where their shenanigans toward me really picked up. Mm. And I remember mentioning something to her. And she was like, oh, I'm going to say something to him. And I was like, you really, you don't have to. And she went and they broke up. Oh, my goodness. Like, like I'm not going to say like a girl broke up over me, but but like it was more so about his treatment of people. Yeah, that's good. Good on her. But I remember this. I remember her coming to sixth period English crying. Wow. Because she had broken up with Mike. It's like you're dating a drug dealer and you don't know it. And you find out they're a drug dealer and you're like, holy crap, I'm not de- dating this yeah. person. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, he was a bully and he got a little bit of comeuppance. Yeah, from it. absolutely. You had a third um, experience this kid? Yeah. So then this is probably the, the roughest. Um. So I used to bike to and from middle school every day mm-hmm. and there was kind of a group of us and there was someone who you and I considered friends for a while. And I think I hung out with him longer and more than you did before I gave out. Um, and that was a kid named Evan. Mm-hmm. I won't change his name, but I can't remember his last name. Right. And Evan was a big kid like me. He was tall. He was square shoulder built. Um, he was a bit of a tall teller. <laughs> Telling um, stories. Tell us stories, um, but that's fine. Everyone is at that age. Mm-hmm. And he had a real bad attitude. He just did. And we were riding home one day and he, we, he came out of a driveway and it was Mike and two his two big friends on their bikes. And they came out and them and Evan almost clipped. It was like a near miss. No one got hurt. But I remember them both like yelling things at each other. And then this one big blonde kid that hung out with Mike coming up and and telling like telling Evan to go fuck himself and then Evan spitting on him. Oh gosh. <laughs> and then suddenly it was a chase. And so suddenly it was like five smaller kids being chased by three big bullies. Oh my goodness. So I remember us riding fast. We did a cut through the the high school cuz I remember as we were riding trying to figure out like okay, whose house is closest? Right. Whose house can we get to right now? And it was it was our buddy Alex. Our buddy Alex's house was the closest. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, summer we, we did a cut through the high school and through parking lots and got over. And I remember at one point they got in front of us and stopped us and me and Evan stopped. And I was like with Evan ready to get into some shit. And I remember the other three guys just kept going. <laughs> Good on them, I guess, but that's kind of I shitty. Yeah. I remember being like, guys, come on. Come, come on. on. I know you're small, I mean, but come you on. You could have taken the one big one. <laughs> Together, maybe. Come on. You get the ugly one. Which one's the ugly one? But then I remember, and then they stopped him again, and we got to Alex's house. Remember, we ran in, and Alex's dad was there. He's like, what's going on? And we went, they got him. And that said, who got who? And just marched out the door to go get Evan, who was at this point like a block and a half away with these bullies. Oh, he, what was he doing? Were they fighting him? It was, it was one of those standoff situations where someone was waiting for someone to throw a punch mm, gotcha. sort of deal. Um, it never escalated beyond that, but I remember it was real tense. And then they chased us the next day too. Man, the, the bike chase by bullies. That's like straight out of an eighties movie. It totally was. It absolutely was. <laughs> and then being abandoned by your smaller friends. Also part of the, 80s yes, <laughs> you could write that right now. Stranger uh, things. That was the, 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 all three of these situations were directly involved with Mike. 
That just he had something to do with where he's so angry with you for some reason. Oh, yeah. I remember this uh, one kid. Uh, we'll call him Bo for now because it's yeah, similar like to his name. But he lived on my street. So when I first moved to uh, go to school here in this area, uh, he I, I guess my our parents met each other somehow. And they're like, hey, our kids are on the same age. They walk to school together. So we'd walk to school together. Had no problem. He's a you know, nice guy or kids, you know, at that point. And but by the time we get to middle school, he had gotten a gig acting on a show on Nickelodeon. And he was in a oh, show yeah. called My Brother and Me. Um, and because Nickelodeon Studios did film some shows out of Orlando at the time, and that was one of them. And it was mildly popular. So when he got to middle school and like was acting the show, he was the cool stuff now. Um, and there was a couple of times where we still were walking to school together. And by the time we get to school, fifth grade, he joins his cool friends now and they join in making fun of me. And then I remember the next morning, him like being, hey, let's walk to school together. I'm like, what? I'm not walking to school with you. <laughs> You're, you make fun of me all day. So I just found another way to walk to school. And I was like, I'm not doing that ever again. And then he went on to be still stay with a popular group. And those all those boys would be end up making fun of me for years on end. I mean, yeah, but if it makes you feel any better, he never got any taller. No, and didn't get any acting jobs after that either. <laughs> Probably owns a boat now and has fish Probably. pictures on Tinder yes. or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I've been through after that, you know, I just get bullying so much. Middle school is obviously rough for both of us, but I think I always wanted to start befriending just naturally people who I saw being bullied or the rejects and that's kind of people just like, you know, showing that they had a friend and that they weren't alone and, you know. I don't know that they had somebody else who wasn't going to be making fun of them. Even if I didn't really enjoy their company, if they were socially awkward or strange, I'd be like, Hey, let's, uh, let's talk about that strange book. You probably shouldn't have brought to school. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. You, you did have a way of picking up strays. Yeah. A little, it can be interesting sometimes, but then like in middle school, it just became the big thing that, you know, for some reason, everyone wanted to call me a faggot. That was the word at the time. And the obviously the slur for a gay person and or it was a winner take all word they used for everything at that point or get calling everything oh, yeah. gay. You know, everything was gay at the time. Um, and so I was just so confused by this. And like, I really like women like I'm not gay. I don't understand why this is happening. And so they would constantly call me that. And any chance they had, and they, they'd follow me home as I'm walking home from middle school. Um, and. And one time I turned around, they were throwing rocks at me at my back as I was walking home, calling me a faggot over and over and over again. And I just turned around and I said, and I, I remember because I still, I pretty much had this voice since like middle school. And I was like, why do you insist on calling me that? I'm not gay. Why are you calling me a faggot? And they said, you pollute our schools. And I was just like, do you, what? <laughs> I was just like, first of all, it's <laughs> terrible, but also I'm not even gay. Who so are you Rush Limbaugh? What the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I just don't understand. And so, and we only had like one or two out kids in our school at the time. And then we had several kids who were probably in the closet, but it's just like they, cause they couldn't come out cause kids like this were all around. Um, but I just remember being so dumbfounded by that moment that I almost felt like, okay, they're just not even on the same plane of existence as I'm on. I'm just going to keep walking home and mind my business. But that didn't work. So several times I had to get in fights um, because people just wouldn't stop. And my dad at the time, who you know, grew up going to school in the 50s, he was like, why don't you hit him in the face? That's the best thing to do. <laughs> punch him in the face. Yeah, he's like, that's what I always did. He's like, punch him in the nose. That's where they might bleed uh, fast and they won't really hurt them, but they'll bleed a lot and get scared and they'll walk away. <laughs> so that's easier in theory than in practice. I've never fought anyone before except my Taekwondo in like elementary school. So 
I one time I turned around, they're following me home again, calling me a faggot over and over and over again. And I just turned around and I hit him in the face, one of these kids. And he seemed shocked, but he didn't stop. Um, but then the next day, that kid never called me that again. But it's like Hydra, you know, like in Marvel Cinema Universe. There's you knock one head off, two others take their place. <laughs> That's what basically oh, yeah. what happened. So he never called me that, but his other friends I didn't hit in the face still called me it. And other people started popping up to call me it as well because they want to be part of the cool group and join in with the fun they're doing. And so another kid will call Alex, but he's named something similar. Um, little tiny kid, not our friend Alex, who's also tiny, but he was this a little tiny, one. tiny guy. And like I was, you know, not quite as tall as I am now, but pretty tall. He kept calling this to me in my face. So finally, I just got so angry. I turned around. I grabbed him by the neck and picked him up and threw him on the ground. <laughs> it was in gym class, I think. And I, I don't do these things. I'm not a violent person ever. And I just I don't want to do these things, but I don't know what to do other than that. And once again, that kid never called me a name again. And this is so unfortunate that violence is only they understand. Um, but once again, two other heads would pop up and two more kids would call me that. So there's two well, main. What? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was thinking about the, the the that works for some bullies, right? But it depends on the bully and what they're looking for, and yep. that's something I did think about as we were talking about this sort of subject and brainstorming about it. Is that in my experience, there's two kind of bullies. There are bullies that are looking for a victim, and there are bullies that are looking for a fight. Mm. The bullies that are looking for a victim, they're the ones that if you strike back, that if you push, that if you make yourself too difficult of a target, they will leave you alone. Yeah, those are definitely two of those. They are looking for a victim. To make them look good or give them attention or something. Yeah. The issue is the other kind of bully, which is the bully that's looking for a fight. This tactic does not work. They almost want to get hurt or something. They, they just don't want care. to get hurt. They want you to push them so they have an excuse to hit you. And that gets more to like definitely they more want adult you bullies to escalate so that they have an excuse to act out and do something shitty. Yeah, I could see that. If those you stand up to those bullies, that is not how they work. Those are the they kind of come think after I've... you time and time and time again, because they know you will fight them. And they want to fight and they want a fight. And that's the thing. You have to identify what kind of bully you're dealing with. Yeah. Do your bully want a victim or do they want to fight? And I just remember the best retribution I ever got was um, two of the kids who did this the most. I actually just tonight when prepping for this episode, realized I couldn't remember the name of one of them. And I was so happy. I was like, that's great. I've made progress. Why I don't can you? remember one of the two. Yeah. One of the two. I just remember I'm his reading name. your mind right now with who you're thinking about. And I remember one of the two. Oh, yeah. We'll call him uh, a bunt. Yes. E and D. Yes. Butthole and Dillhole. Yeah, Butthole and Dillhole. And they did the most. They were the ringleaders. And the Butthole guy was the one I ended up eventually punching in the face. Um, and that's the one who stopped calling me names. But the other one kept going. But they were the worst offenders, the ringleaders. And years later, we don't, we, it's, high school gets big enough where we can kind of separate from them and not really as much of a problem. But they went streaking the like the last week of senior year in like a, through a girl's soccer game, a girl's soccer something. game. And they were arrested and also could have been charged with a felony for uh, exposing themselves in front of minors. Cause there's children at yeah, that game. They would have been registered sex offenders because I remember uh, our principal had his daughters there. Oh gosh. That's- it, like they screwed up. Like they picked the wrong soccer match to pull this at. And then they got caught. Yeah. Um, and I know and they had I wealthy parents. So got, they both got expelled. I believe yeah, like the last week of school. Correctly. 
Um, and, and I remember, so this is what I remember. I remember a few years later, MTV did a, did like a real story show about my high school stories and they were featured. Oh gosh. And they interviewed them and they interviewed a ton of the people that we would consider popular people. And all the interviews were them commiserating about how these two guys were great and they didn't deserve this. And they were just goofing around. And as someone who was there, these, they were not much loved by myself or my peers. No, Uh, they, they were, they were good guy bullies. They just were good guy bullies. Yeah. Like, but that's the thing, but like that, but that's because they were funny because they were both buddy, buddy with teachers and with staff. Like it was a very different, they were treated like they weren't, well, they let's, gone to jail. let's be not forget they had very wealthy parents. Um, cause one, at one point before I hit that guy in the face, I went to one of their, I remember one of them did. Yeah. Yeah. I went to one of their parents' house and he lived in this very fancy neighborhood and my, my dad wanted to go talk to his parents. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to do this. It's going to be bad, but no, we're doing it. So we drove over there and I did, I stayed in the car and my dad went and talked to them and it didn't help at all. It didn't change no. anything. Um, and so um, with their big old house, they probably had some influence. And so they probably got out of it. Probably still got to college, that kind of thing. But, but yeah, I, re- I remember watching that, that, that MTV story thing and just seething. I was like, no, that's terrible. No. I didn't know about that. I knew they had the MTV a thing. Of, a lot of the student body was very excited to watch them go. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's just the truth. They're just awful. Uh, <laughs> uh, I remember and then one other kid later on who made fun of me a lot with those groups of friends. And he was one of the hangers on who would be like chime in occasionally to call me, you know, names and shit. Um, he became unbeknownst to my sister, friends with her through a friend's group out after college and everything. And they mm-hmm. went to concerts and stuff. And he was just one of the friends in the group. He wasn't close to her or anything. But I got to talking to him at one of these parties that she was throwing and realized who he was. And I was like, oh. Yeah, we went to high school together. He's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, you made fun of me all the time. And I had my full confidence at this point after college. I was a new person, like not the person I was in middle school, trying to hide away from everyone. And I said, well, he's like, oh, no, I mean, I wasn't that bad. I mean, I was mostly them. And I was just kind of along for the ride. And I'm like, well, why did you do it? Like, why would you make fun of me so much? I didn't do anything to you. And his his exact reason was – um, well, it's just that you, you know, you, you talked a lot and like you would always raise your hand and answer questions. And it just seemed like you thought you were so smart and everything. So it's kind of like putting you in your place. And I'm like, and he said this, like trying to be buddy, buddy, my friend. Cause I think he had a thing for my sister, but I was just like, what? <laughs> so, but it made me realize I, I probably was a pretty smart mouth kid, but I mean, I would, I didn't have any intention of getting more attention, but I, I've answered questions in class and talked and tried to make discussions and that made him feel inadequate. So in order to do that, he puts me down and tries to make fun of me. And it was just so weird confronting a bully like 15 years later. It was very weird. <laughs> I don't yeah, suppose you ever got absolutely. a chance to do that. No, I remember I ran into one of the big friends of Mike years later. Uh, And I remember bringing it up with him and he just didn't remember. I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah. It's like two of the most terrifying days of my middle school experience. And you're like, oh, yeah. For me, it was a Tuesday. For me, it was a Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) A Raul Julia callback. Yes. The Sappy Crap podcast. Uh, uh, that being said, I'm sure everyone's a fine individual now. 
And we were all just deep seated kids with deep seated issues, taking them out on other kids with deep seated issues. But we never bullied people. That's the thing. (laughs) But as a consequence of that, I think that helped me. I hope at least in some way regard have the um, deep understanding of the troubles that real LGBTQ people have in this world, because I get called that for, you know, years on end. It's not as affecting on me as someone who actually is gay or lesbian, you know, or trans and having to deal with that, like they're attacking who you actually are. And that's just something more deep. And so like most of my guy friends now are gay and just you know, where I live in Orlando, everything is just more gay population, I guess. But just the same regards, just like I feel more comfortable around gay men than I do around straight men. And I just because, well, and also, you know, theater performing arts. Yeah. The yeah that's you true. And I have been ensconced around gay individuals since high school. Since we did chorus in theater. That's true. And it just makes you us know. understand and, and realize the humanity of who they are. And it's like we would never treat them differently because of that, because we've been around it for our whole lives. And it's just, yeah. And so I think now kids are growing up in a world where they are more open. And so they can be around more open gay people and lesbian people and be like, oh, this is normal. This is just part of society. They'll make fun of something else. They'll make fun of their, their preppy clothes instead. <laughs> I don't know. That's fair. There's plenty of new, different, interesting things we never thought about being made fun of. Yeah, cyberbullying. We didn't have any of that. So, (laughs) isn't that great? So, you mentioned the beginning of the episode work bullying. Uh, Is that something that you've encountered? I mean, we've all had that manager that's a little bulldog ish. Mm. Um, You know, but nothing that specifically comes to mind. I do have one occasion where. I, I gently got reprimanded at one point for discussing salary with another employee mm. and I contact and, and it was very straightforward. This wasn't, you know, and, and it was the sort of thing where a different manager said something to my manager and my manager asked me about it. Gotcha. And I contacted HR and HR was like, no, you're absolutely allowed to discuss that. Nobody can stop you or deter you from doing that in any way. You're yeah. fully protected in California. Uh, and I went, okay, cool. And so I remember talking to my manager. I, said, I checked with HR. I'm absolutely allowed to do this. And even by having this conversation, it could be construed as you trying to stop me. Oh. And I remember and, and I remember she took that very seriously. She kind of realized the situation she was in, even by addressing me about this. Wow. That's good. She good. said, You're absolutely right. And we moved on. Good for you for checking on that because I, there's actually a whole, just one of those things where I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know my rights. <laughs> there's a whole Adam ruins everything episode about that, which is a great show, by the way. But it talks about how that's a solely pretty much American thing about talking about salaries being taboo. And it's basically a consumerist capitalist thing to try to pit people against each other with some kind of secret knowledge and a way to underpay people who do the same jobs like women and minorities. And it's a way of like. If you keep it secret and it's a thing you shouldn't talk about, it's just rude, then that means you, people won't know and be able to organize and find out what their managers are screwing them over or with. Or know they're being screwed or know that someone else is getting paid more for the same job. Or Exactly. So it's it should be talked about more like, like sex. It should yeah. be a thing we talk about openly. <laughs> but bullying-wise, that's the only thing that was even remotely close, and that wasn't even really – it was just one of the situations that could have become something. Right. I, and said, w- I checked with HR. They said no, so it's done. And what about with college? Did that kind of anything cross over to high school, college with you? Um, our theater chair was a bit of a bully. Mm, I know, a student uh, or a, a staff member? Uh, the, the chair of the department um, who 
was was my mentor actually i like i he was real mad with me um because him and i really didn't get along that well we had some really bad fights freshman and sophomore year um but he cast me in both of his shows that he did um and and put me in classes and then when i took on the major i remember signing up for him to be my my staff sponsor and i remember him calling me into his office and he's steven as the chair, I don't have to be staff sponsor for any students. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I didn't know that. They just said, write down near a professor you want the thing. He's like, it's already done. So you will be, I will advise you, but do not tell anyone else. Because <laughs> he doesn't want to do the work. <laughs> I remember in, in the years I was there, he, he basically took one advisee a year. That's funny. And it was usually the head of the costume shop. So me not being anywhere involved with that was kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> but you made that choice for him. <laughs> um, but I remember at one point him and I got really at ends about roles. He put me in and really bad choices. I felt like he was making as a director, which mind you, this is college cocky college, Steve. Right. <laughs> um, but I remember he cast me, I was in this show uh, called the inner circle and it's kind of like an informational school aids play mm. um, with a, a few more serious tones. And he casted me as like a high schooler. So I'm like four inches taller, five inches taller than everybody. I don't look like a high schooler, even in college, really. Right. <laughs> and he cast me and I remember I get in and we go to the first day of rehearsals and he goes, I need you to make your voice higher. And I was like, what, what, what? I think you're going to tell me about voice, this. <laughs> it needs to be higher. Like uh, you just sound too adult. And so all of a sudden my character turned into this really timid, almost comic book character in what otherwise was a really serious show. Oh, do you have AIDS? God, that's terrible. Mark, I don't care where you go, but you have to leave. Like, and I remember thinking it was such a dumb choice and, and bringing it up to him and him getting on me and threatening to throw me out of the show. Oh, like, wow. Weeks before we went on. Like, it got real bad for a little while. Um, and then there was this big group on campus called the, the University Players. And the big thing with them is that they were they were – six or seven kids from theater department and they received big, big scholarships. Mm. And I really could have used that scholarship money. Uh, (laughs) I could have gotten out of college debt free if I had gotten all these scholarships. So you had to go in audition and there were like callbacks and ended up being six kids. And him and I were in one of these fights while players auditions were happening. Ooh. So I went to first round and like made it and then went back to a second round. And I remember in the middle of my monologue to the director of players, who was a different staff member, the, the chair walks in the door and with no regard walks across the room while I'm doing my monologue, sits behind the director and then starts whispering things in his ear. Ugh. I watched this occur. <laughs> That's terrible. And it was just bully tactics and like vengeful stuff. And this is a staff member I ended up getting incredibly close with <laughs> for the course of college. But freshman and sophomore year, him and I had our issues. Well, we got to get behind the psychology of teachers not treating you that the, the best and you still being close to them. <laughs> but, yeah, it's true. Um, but, it's rough, rough understanding. But yeah, and then the next year he was like, I'm never casting you again. And then, of course, he cast me in a huge friggin' role. <laughs> In his show. And then same deal. He, I remember we had blocked almost the entire show. This was the the quickest turnaround for a show in the entire season at like four weeks. Mm. Um, and 
we're like, we've got blocking lockdown. We're just getting off book. And he decides to add in a bit that he thinks is going to be real funny, but changes every bit of blocking for the entire show because of this bit that he wants to do. Oh gosh. So me and Dan, the guy who we had on our beer episode for a play on nerds, actually try to sell this bit. And I remember we spent an hour of very frustrated rehearsal trying to sell this bit that neither of us believe in and is ruining the show. (laughs) And I remember I finally say something and, and once again, the chair got so mad at me, so mad at me for having any opinion. And that if he wanted me to do the thing that I was going to do it, or I was not going to be in this performance. My goodness. And he backed down. Mind you, we didn't end up doing that bit. Oh, there you go. Me staging this little moment was enough for him to go. This is a dumb idea. (laughs) This is a bad (laughs) idea. Well, once again, showing that these teachers are human and they do make mistakes and, and they push too hard. Sometimes they all seem to realize these are student productions and that's kind of thing. They need to take it easy, take a chill pill and push when they need to and back off when they should. And that kind of yeah, thing. this dumb, this stupid bit. It was so stupid. <laughs> well, I would say for college, I was, I did pretty well as far as the bullies. Cause I had a lot of like-minded people I surrounded myself with, but the thing that oh, de- yeah. developed in my adult life up until only a couple of years ago was I am generally a easygoing person. And I try to listen to people and try to, I think I like this. I hope I am encourage conversation, want people to have fun when I'm playing board games and stuff. I'm, I'm never trying to you know competitively win. I want people to have the most fun. And I think it's a general attitude of getting people along and listening to people gives them this opening, these certain kinds of personalities to bully me. And these will be my friends, people I've known for years sometimes at a point, and even girlfriend, girlfriends I've had will join in when it's a group setting. It became an ongoing thing that I finally realized through actually going to therapy. I'm like, wait, this has been happening for years. And as soon as a group gets around Jarman, it's all make fun of Jarman time. And it's just like, I am so tired of this. I really don't like it. <laughs> and so like there, there's something that it sounds like was we're all touching Jarman, which is something you guys used to do. I don't know. Some of my friends used to, but that's not the same. Well, kind yeah, of you thing. were a germaphobe. <laughs> well, that, that was, was a bad thing, target, but, uh, but that is something different. This is more like psychological and just like making fun it's of psychological me. Touch yeah. Like, like laughing at me, making fun of the things I do or say, um, hinging on every words so they can find something to, to pick apart and make fun of. And like, we're just joking. And I'm like, no, this sucks. Like, this is not fun. It's negative. I don't feel happy when I'm around you people. Like, and so finally, uh, through the years, and I finally just decided to purge them all from my life. And because of that, it ended a, a very a streaming thing I was doing for a play on nerds at the time, a D&D group I was in, um, and friends I'd had for a long time. And so I just stopped talking to because I'm like, they obviously don't, they just don't, they're not a personality I want to be around. And that it was still a form of bullying. And for people they thought they were friends with, which made no sense to me, just like it made no sense for that kid to bike over and make fun of us for no reason. Um, it's just not an act to understand. So if you're an adult and you're still getting that kind of behavior, you, you don't need it in your life. You can find other friends. And now I have all friends who are very positive and enforce and empowering. And they say, you know, happy, positive things to me when they see me in a room or I say something like, oh, that's funny or just be encouraging. You know, like that's what we need in our lives right now, not negativity and and using getting happiness out my expense, which was just terrible. Um, so I'm done with that shit. And Steve's that's the only right. one's allowed to do it. He's He's grandfathered in. Yeah, that's the thing. As I was about to say, but there's something to be said for like old pals nagging each other and poking and prodding. But I feel like that's a right you earn. 
because that's right. Exactly. Like a sister a or brother of learning each other's boundaries. Mm-hmm. There are things that I know I'm not going to push you on. Yeah. And like my or si- things that I know if I saw someone else push you on, I would be upset about. Exactly. And I was just describing this, I think the other day to, to my girlfriend about my sister, like I was protective of her growing up from other people. I'm like, only I can do that to her. You can't do that. You know, like yeah, I'm the only mean one that does that. <laughs> exactly. I can tattle on her. You can't tattle on her. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's the thing you it's that's a good way of phrasing. It's a thing you earn. And it's not a thing you just join up in with a group of people and all pile in like a dog pile on me for like hours on end. It's like uh, enough. Like I, I can't only lap this off enough. It's just it's yeah. Sure. yeah. So, yeah, it's a difference. There was one more thing I wanted to ask you. Since you have, you have kids now, and I hope to have kids sometime yeah. soon, what do you think you're going to be talking about with bullying, either if they get bullied or if they're you catch them bullying someone else? Like, what do you think you're going to be doing as a parent? Um, I mean, if we catch Joyce bullying, I mean, Anna, yeah, Anna just shook her head. Nah, <laughs> none of that. Having that. Mm-hmm. We're like, we will be those parents that when we get called into a Pete Tarrant teacher conference, we will take it very seriously. Right. Not just blame the teachers or something, but take your kids seriously. <laughs> that being said, I'm also a kid whose parents went for bat for him against teachers a few times. So I don't want to say that like the teacher's always right. Cause I oh, specifically right. have been in situations where like, I know the teacher's not right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a balance just like anything else. But no, I mean, bullying, absolutely not. And absolutely not. So what None if, the, what if she or your, your new boy get bullied? What are you going to do that? I mean, that's the thing. I think what we need to make them understand is that everyone gets bullied. It's worse for some kids than others. It's worse for some people than others, but everybody gets bullied in some way. Um, and it's all about just encouraging self-worth. That's true. More than anything else, because those are the hard lessons that you learn as an adult. Like you, as you said, like you get older, you just shuck these things from your life. When you're a kid, it's so much harder to see that. Cause you don't have much life experience yet. Yeah. Yeah. That you can't shuck these things from your life. You don't have those choices. You're going to go back to school the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just all about self-worth, self-value, stable center, and letting them know that anything else is temporary. That's the important thing to learn. I like the it gets better campaign kind of thing. I wish I had that when I was that age because in middle school, I mean, the only time in my life I've ever thought about suicidal thoughts was on one walk from home. I think it was probably one of those days they were throwing rocks at me on the way home. And I was just like, I can't take this anymore. I don't know what to do. And my little middle school brain didn't think, you know, keep talking to other people about it, you know, get out there and, and make, talk to your friends, like appreciate what you have. I couldn't think about those things. Make a bunch of real fucking dumb movies with Steve or something. <laughs> exactly. And I think around that time, my, <laughs> my mom bought me a, a punching bag that I put in my room. And I could punch it when I got really pissed off at the end of the day. And it helped, you know, it just also just helped that she cared, you know, I was like, okay, it's going to get better. And she talked me through a lot of that stuff. And she was, she was like a big rock for me, that whole thing, just, you know, telling me how awesome Little I was every day. <laughs> She's like, you can be president one day, Jarman. You're going to be awesome. And I was like, thanks, mom. I appreciate it. And you come see me and I go, Jarman, you are definitely not going to be president. <laughs> <laughs> Keep me grounded. There you go. We're talking state senate at best. At best. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> and I never felt like I had to give you much, uh, much reaffirmation. You seem to be always be pretty confident whether you were faking it or not. You seem to be oh, handling it pretty okay. Fake it. fake it till you make it, man. That's right. That's the secret. No one knows what they're doing. That's yeah. That's the secret. We're no all imposters. No one else has it figured out. We're all idiots. The more they seem like they have it figured out, the more they're just faking it. I mean, just be honest. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's the moral I look at, of the like, story. Adult decisions, and I'm like, how do other adults make these decisions? And I go, they all, they're all making this shit up too. They appear. How to do have you it decide together. where to move? Nobody knows. Everyone's just going. Everyone's just trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just don't make fun of them while they're trying to do it. <laughs> Unless you've earned it. Unless you've earned it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, I think that's a good end for this episode, would you say? <laughs> yeah, that's probably pretty good. So that wraps up this episode of the Sappy Crap Podcast. That's right. Thanks for joining us as we take a trip, tumble, and stumble down memory lane. Join us again next time when I don't even know. What are we going to talk about? Probably something a little more happy, I would say. We'll, we'll go for Maybe something, something a little bit more happy. More something positive. More yeah. Or at least something funny, like us failing with girls more or something. <laughs> Absolutely. At least that we'll get a laugh. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. So thanks for joining us on that stumble down memory lane. It was fun. And don't forget the good old days weren't always that good. This podcast was brought to you by A Play on Nerds.